Okie dokes, hello Z. Hey Danny, thank you for having me today. Hello everybody and welcome to Time For Us with me, your host Danny Wallace. Today's guest is Mzi Dempers and here is his introduction. Mzi is currently based in Europe and works as a deckhand on yachts. His breakthrough in the yachting industry came when he had the opportunity to work overseas as part of the crew on the popular show Below Deck. Although he had engaged in bits and bobs back home in South Africa, it was this experience that propelled his career to new heights and he hasn't looked back since. Now, here's a fun fact that I found out in asking Z, <laughs> begging Z to send me information to introduce him. Z also nurtures a passion for DJing. And when he returns home this summer, he plans on investing in a new set of decks <laughs> to rekindle his passion for DJing, rekindle his DJing skills, a hobby that he apparently enjoyed in his younger years. Z is the kind of person that... When you've spent time with him, which I've been lucky enough to do, and he leaves your presence, that whoever you're with, whoever's left behind in the room, you kind of look to each other and all all, all have the same opinion. We'll all say to each other, yes, but he's quite a great guy, hey? Oh, no, it's very, true. Very, sweet of you. It's very, so very sweet true. Of you. you know how to have a good time. So you know yeah, how to have a not, very good not time. Not shy of that. Not shy. <laughs> And you make people feel warm and welcome. And it's an absolute fucking vibe spending time with you. So thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Danny. And what a what an introduction. I, think, I don't think I could have said it better myself. Um, but yeah, keys talk. Yay. How are you today? And what's on your mind? And what's the vibe at the moment? Uh, so today, not bad. I definitely had better days. I still think nursing a, nursing a hangover from the weekend. Mm. Obviously, it's been quite a time here. And... Yeah, literally, I think just breaking off from work and not really having that freedom to be able to do what I want for the past couple of months. Um, I've definitely made up for that in the past week. So feeling a little tired, um, but ready for, for the next leg of this this little holiday. So yeah, keen. Great. I know that when we were chatting about your, I guess, transition from work into like playtime, you said that you worked for 11 months with like two days off or something crazy. Yeah, so I mean, previously on the first stint I did was was fairly normal just because we're a lot more sort of like remotely based in Fort Lauderdale and your usual day, work day would be five to, sorry, eight to five. Um, but then as soon as we've been here in the med, yeah, so it's been the past three months, had two days off. Oh, geez. And in between that, it's basically been, it hasn't been your normal eight to five. It's been like some days would be a 16 hour work day. Um, others would be like a 12-hour work day. So it, yeah, it hasn't been easy. Do you find that you just adapt or how do you cope? I don't know. I think it's, it's it, it really is like a big mental thing. Mm. Um, I think being in the yacht, yachting industry in general is just because, I mean, that's just not me specifically going through that. There's a lot of people who are going through that. So I think if you don't adapt to it, you, you will burn yourself out. And a lot of people do burn themselves out because you, you're feeling all the pressures from, um, if you're not willing to do it, the boat's just going to find someone else who is. So it, it, is, it is quite tough, but I think you, you learn to adapt because you have to. Yeah, I guess you have no other choice. So yeah, exactly. It's like, do you want to be fed? <laughs> <laughs> do you want to be on the streets kind of thing? So you make a plan. Yeah, yeah Make exactly. a plan to get through it. So before we get into Below Deck itself, I wanted to take this opportunity to get to know you a little bit better. And find out if you decided to study at university, like what did you want 
to be when you grew up kind of what was the like precursor to below deck i think i think before before below deck and everything like that when i was growing up i, I used to love sports and i used to be super super sporty so i think probably until grade five or somewhere around there i wanted to be a rugby player and then after realizing i wasn't going to be much taller <laughs> that rugby dream sort of fell away and then i started um really enjoying politics oh, wow. funny enough so politics and economics just really excited me weirdly enough and then after school went to uct for a bit and i was actually studying politics and ecos i wanted to start the anz to take ANZ, over <laughs> <laughs> to take over the country one day um <laughs> but then i realized that i at like i think after like fourth year i wasn't being nearly serious enough and was partying far too hard wasn't yeah so then i i decided to drop out and then after speaking to my brothers about yachting and like all the opportunities and things that they had seen and done that's when i decided i, I wanted to actually get into yachting so in i think it was 2017 I tried to apply for a visa and then had that denied denied three times before actually being able to go over ouch yeah it, it sucks it mm. sucks and you honestly just think to yourself like well, what are the excuses what are the reasons but like i think like realistically people have to sort of meet a meet a quota as to how many people they deny yeah so anyways didn't do that for a while just went back into to hospitality yeah so i guess i've dipped my toes in a, in a bit of other things but not nothing really that like i i really always wanted to do it's always been like it's always chops and changed mm. quite a bit i'm i'm so intrigued by the politics and ego <laughs> uh you'd make a great politician i think i thought so too but then at the same time like i hate i don't know i feel like politicians have to be a little bit selfish and i i, don't know, I can't really be that selfish i've tried but i, I struggle to like I struggle saying no even. Mm. Like I really, really struggle to say no. And I know it's something I, I really need to work on because you actually, you do have to say no. You have, have to learn. boundaries. To, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I suppose everyone has to be a bit selfish. Maybe not necessarily only politicians. Like in yeah. general, you have to be a little bit selfish. Yeah, 100%. But I guess based on politicians that we know in this day and age, they are <laughs> more selfish than not. So that's why you'd be a breath of fresh air. So if you change your mind <laughs> on the ANZ... You have my vote. Start it up. Thank you very Start much. Start your campaign, babe. <laughs> so you said earlier that you chatted to your brothers and that they gave you the ins and outs of yachting. I'm assuming that they were on the yachts as well. Yeah. So um, I have I have uh, four yeah four siblings, three three brothers and one sister, um, and then two of those brothers work in yachting. The one's been in the industry for like 20, 20 odd years now, and then the other one's been in for. I think coming close to 10 or just over 10. Um, so like they've always come back home and told me stories and like just showing me photos about the things that they've done and seen. I'm just like, it's always been there. And I've been like, okay, this this is quite cool. And I think that the, the other part of yachting is that like, let's say like now, for example, that I'm going to be home for summer, I can I have the ability to be able to take three to four months off of work. And let's say I wanted to start something else up back at home. I can fully give that my, my attention for for three to four months and then still go back into yachting mm. which is quite cool so you can always like i guess have it as your fallback to to anything you really want to do yeah i guess it's also very beneficial that it, it like supports you financially to pursue anything in that regard as well you know yeah like you exactly. have more capital basically. exactly exactly so like i think everybody 
well i know like obviously getting closer to the age of 30 like i need to have these things all these ducks in a row kind of thing and i think that yachting gives that like i mean you can speed up that process a lot more than what you would if you if you're working back at home on a, on a normal sort of nine to five or or anything like that absolutely I've heard from a lot of Yachty friends that one of the greatest challenges is that fall from Mount Olympus, like being yeah. on the yachts, making bank. Yeah. And then you're like, back into the regular <laughs> world we go, like fucking earning peanuts. And it's hard to reconcile those two differences. Yeah. But it's definitely beneficial. Definitely. Like it's super, super beneficial. But I think like obviously the trade-offs that you go through in terms of like trying to, trying to have a career in yachting are huge. Like, I know, for example, the past past 11 months that I've been on board this boat, like I've missed out on, I think, three really close friends' weddings. Um, I've missed out on funerals. I've missed out on a lot of things that are like super dear and close to my heart. But, and then it just comes to an end like that. So it's just like, fuck, what did I, what did I, like, was that worth it? So that trade-off of like time and money is, is always something that plays at the back of your mind. And would you say that when you've asked yourself that question, the answer was, yes, it is worth it, or I'm not sure yet? <laughs> um, I think at the moment, like, I mean, having recently just resigned, I think I'm just like, fuck, was that actually worth everything that I've, that I've missed? But at the end of the day, in the long run, I think so. But I think just now, as it's happening, it sort of stings and hurts a little bit just because, like, resigning, not necessarily on, on, on a basis that I wanted to. Mm. So I think that's that's when it sort of starts to sting. Yeah, I guess because it's like you had a vision for yourself and your life and that's like all those sacrifices you made to pursue that vision. It's now kind of like, I guess, being turned on its head. So it does make you question, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah, like it literally just feels like your whole world is just like falling right in front of you because you obviously, I mean, you plan for things and you, you, you think of your, your future and like what it's going to be or look like and... um that obviously changes in a second like literally in a second so yeah that's that's quite shitty yeah life hey it's a wild thing yeah life life is wild but i'm sure like it's it is like that in with normal working too right it's like that anything yeah anything any anything can just change in like the drop of a hat like Mm. it's there's something that i've come to be, be quite i guess familiar with or I enjoy I enjoy referring to and that's the idea or the concept of perceived loss and I feel like that's one of our biggest grapplings as a human species is that we live in the future and as you said you plan for things so you have this vision of or this expectation of what things should look like and then when you don't get it you actually haven't lost anything because you never had it to begin yeah, with, but you feel like you've lost a lot. So you perceive this loss, but it was never yours to begin with. It was never True. granted. It's like interesting. Hey? Yeah, I've actually, I've never, I've never thought of things like that. I heard it here first. Yeah, I heard it here first. <laughs> okay. I wanted to also ask you, so how did you end up on Below Deck? Because if I'm not mistaken, you said that was your first yachting gig. Yeah, so I mean, like I'd worked, I had worked back at home after I did my courses and that was in like, what, 2000 and... 17 so like six years ago just done like bits of day work here and there actually worked with the infamous brad stodel for for some time you were marked safe from yeah (laughs) kind of marked safe (laughs) (laughs) ah um yeah so worked with brad for a bit and then like i had obviously tried to get my visa but then i couldn't so 
Then when Below Deck, not necessarily, because like, I hadn't actually watched the TV show or anything like that before. Just some lady like DM me on, on um, Instagram and was like, hey, uh, like your style, lol. <laughs> and then, yeah, she's like, your Instagram page looks cool, but it really didn't. So I think she just actually like sits on Facebook groups and um, looks to see as a part of the group and like DMs everybody with the same same message, which I've actually learned recently is, is correct. Because I think Jordan also got a DM recently asking him to be on Below Deck. Oh, seriously? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so it's just the casting team doing their thing. And then, um, yeah, so I was just like, okay, this is interesting. Might as well just take the call. Mm. And that's also what made me realize, like, I think in life sometimes you should just always just go for it. Like, if, if an opportunity presents itself, you never really know what's going to come of it. So I had the call, spoke with my parents, and then my, me and my parents watched, like, two or three episodes. And I was like, wow. This could be this could be quite interesting, but also like a lot of pressure just because you're obviously being filmed the whole time. And then yeah, I just went through the interview rounds and they were like, Cool, we like you, would you be keen to come and do it? And then What was the interview process like? Quite gnarly. Like you go through uh, quite a couple of rounds. Not necessarily that you it's just sort of basic questions as to sort of finding out who you are, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then you speak with the producers. Quite like a drawn-out process, I'd say. It was probably like almost two months. Oh, wow. Worth of, worth of waiting. And then, yeah, then they just give you the, the heads up and next thing you know, you, you're in Europe somewhere filming a TV show. But I'm assuming that part of that process or even being taken into the process requires that you have your yachting qualifications or whatever or do they recruit you and then you get the qualifications no so i think like obviously once you when you when you enter the industry and you sign up to these um facebook yachty groups and stuff like that okay you do you would have basically just completed your courses and like all of the schools will say go and join um go and join this yachty group or go go join this group so you basically just finish your courses and you go sign up to, to all of these groups so you do have some kind of knowledge as to like what's going on but at the same time you may not necessarily probably never worked on a boat before mm. which was sort of like in my case i hadn't i hadn't worked on a boat like properly overseas so it was like my actual first um big boat experience that's a baptism of fire i feel like yeah yeah to say to say the least but like my brother's voice just said to me like in a situation like that like just be fully honest if you don't know something ask mm. and like don't try and like, don't try and act like you know something because you're just going to look like a fool. Yes. Um, and I think just obviously everything being recorded, like, it's <laughs> very, very evident <laughs> if you don't yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I know how to do that. No, you don't, mate. <laughs> yeah. I remember the once, I think you might have just finished recording. And I think we were fairly new, like, newly acquainted. Um, yeah. I think we were at Hanks with, like, Rems and that whole crew. And we were chatting and stuff. And then you'd somehow alluded to the fact that you'd been on this show, but you didn't want to say too much, but you'd said that it's been recorded and you were feeling really nervous about things and you're kind of like stressing out about it. So I wanted to ask you, what were you nervous about and how did your expectations change or like versus your experience and then like what you thought was going to happen? Like, yeah, what were you nervous about? I think I was probably like most nervous about um, how lit I got. just because like if i'm honest like (laughs) obviously back at home we we have good times and we (laughs) i don't know we control not controlled but like 
don't know how to say it. What, like it stays between us? Yeah. Yeah. Things stay between us. We know exactly what we're doing. Yes. And maybe no, we don't know what we're doing a lot of the time, but it's it's controlled. It's with our mates. Okay. And there, like, yeah, I was just completely rogue, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and I just got really, like, really, really lit. But I feel like it <laughs> is, it's still, like, it's true to myself because I do. I love to get lit and I love, I love a good time. Um, but I guess it was just like how it would come out yes. and how it would be perceived as like people like, oh my God, this guy's so sloppy. <laughs> or fuck, he looks like he's having a lot of fun kind of thing. So I was just, I think just worried as to like how, how it would come out yeah. in the end. I feel like you got an, an incredible reception. You're like a firm um, favorite if I'm not mistaken, right? Like it's quite, first of all, I just want to say to anyone listening that I introduced him to you saying that he knows how to have a good time. <laughs> and I love this is a full circle moment for me. That was an Easter egg and here we are. <laughs> but aside from that, I was actually thinking how to go from being anxious about how the world or viewers would receive you and then to be so well received and so loved. That must be quite like confidence boosting, is it? Do you feel like you've you perceive you see yourself differently or you see yourself in a slightly different way, kind of more through the eyes of how other people see you because you literally were just yourself. Like people love you. People come up to you and I've experienced it firsthand <laughs> asking to take a picture with you just because you are MZ Dempers. Like that's pretty wild. Yeah, it's. I think it still, it still plays, it still plays with my mind a lot. Like I never, never ever that I think it would like I'd be in a situation where people would want to like take photos with me or like asking for like just random stuff literally just for doing my job <laughs> like, just for doing your job and being honest and getting lit <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> i guess just some honest work yeah i never really ever thought that would like in my, in my wildest dreams think that that would be a reality and i think like the biggest sort of moment was was uh like BravoCon last year just to see like I don't know, just the way people reacted in terms of like being able to see us or get to meet us. It was So describe BravoCon for us quickly. So BravoCon is basically like a, like a Comic-Con. Okay. But for all of the Bravo shows. Okay. So Bravo is like one of the biggest um, sort of networks in, in the States. They have uh, uh, The Real Housewives, Below Deck, um, A Chefing Show think selling sunsets or something like that they have a whole a whole range of shows and then basically every year they host this three-day event where um people can come pay to buy tickets basically for access to come and see their their favorite bravo celebrities <laughs> and yeah so basically you're just meeting and greeting with people you um taking photos you like mingling you'll do like a day of like just like sitting in a in a room and having drinks with people going around to different people etc 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 and then you'll sit on like panels so there'll be like a like an audience and they'll be asking questions so it's quite a it's quite a thing like it it, it is quite like quite intense just for like those three days like i remember when i arrived i arrived at the hotel and in true fashion i was hungover as can be <laughs> like just with the hoodie on and like as i step outside the car there's like thousands of people lined up outside the hotel oh no and i was just like what on earth is going on here <laughs> um, 
and people yeah just screaming your name being like hey can you stop can we take a photo can we take a photo i was just like what it's crazy <laughs> yeah it's it's it is it's wild absolutely wild Jeez. how how big the show is in the states so it hasn't necessarily completely sunk in that this is your life no i, I don't think so not entirely yet like i i still i think very much just live in live in z's world kind mm. of kind of thing that kind of leads into my next question and i feel like you may or may not have answered it but i'm going to ask it more directly and that's what has the transition into being and i know you're going to hate this word but i'm going to say famous <laughs> because you are famous like amongst people the fact that people recognize you in lisbon on a random <laughs> no offense aaron's going to kill me if he hears me say it's a shitty boat one more time but on a random <laughs> shitty boat <laughs> like having people come up to you and be like oh my gosh these, these two australian girls just to paint the picture for you guys we ended up going on this like booze cruise thing that um Aaron had organized for us thank you babe we love you this is not shooting <laughs> you at all I spent the whole three out four hours complaining to be honest with you it was just not for me but in our experience um at some point in the evening these two Australian girls came up to Z they're like I think probably when they were a little bit tipsy enough. Yeah, I actually like got the confidence to be like, ah. Yes, because it was like two, three hours in. So we'd been there for a while and they finally like came around like out of their way to be like, oh my gosh, we're wondering if it's you. Can we take a picture? <laughs> it was really, really lovely and, and awesome t- to experience firsthand. So what has that transition been like? Do you feel like there is a transition that's necessary to go from being someone who could just do things anonymously to just being like you know what i mean and, and i don't want to say a nobody because that implies that we're all nobodies but someone who can do something without anyone really batting an eyelid versus being someone who's famous or recognized yeah i think i think at times most certainly you need to sort of just yeah just be cautious of your actions because obviously like there's a lot more there's a lot more pressure in terms of like if you are caught doing something wrong it's not just going to be about your friends having a laugh it's going to be about like okay fuck let's blow this up into something that 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 could be like newsworthy yeah kind of stuff yeah exactly so i think it's just definitely just being a, a little bit more cautious but at the same time i look at my actions the past couple of days and i'm like ha, really <laughs> like i feel like i'm just giving this answer because i'm on a podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm lying <laughs> Well, this is a that was a good podcast answer, <laughs> but yes, we we know. I, but I feel like it's human nature to just test the boundaries and to like just to just to do things until yeah, until, until someone tells you not to. Yes, until you learn exactly, in another way. Exactly. Like I feel like we all we all are the same in that kind of way. Like you. Are you looking for your vape? Yeah. Oh, right. oh shoot! Sorry. Um, I just saw Z do the old pants pat and the vape like, dance. Yeah, 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 the vape <laughs> dance. Um, yeah. Okay. Anyway, let's set subject change before we dig Get ourselves into, into deep of a hole. <laughs> yeah, we know a few yachties, definitely. Like, yeah, we know several yachties, and if I think of my friends that I know, or even maybe not close friends, some some close friends, some acquaintances, mental health is like a serious theme that i've noticed at least amongst people i've chatted to and i think it's quite a thing to be in a tiny cabin you know Mm. confined space even just aside from the size of your living quarters the like your area of work is you know a cup like not a couple of meters i'm sure i don't know 100 meters or so but it's not much space to like move around on yeah 
and I have heard that it can be quite impactful in terms of the the mindset that you carry so I wanted to ask you about that and then also ask I guess maybe you you seem to come across as a very happy-go-lucky person and I say seem to come across because we're friends but also like I don't know the inner workings of your soul and your heart do you know what I mean only you know that yeah so a comment on the mental health thing yeah I think it's it's it is quite a big problem within yachting um just because like as you said I think everything is in one like one scenario if that makes sense you you have absolutely no no escape let's say you are beefing with somebody or having an issue with somebody on board you like if you're working your normal nine to five you can go home and shut that person out of your mind at the end of the day but like in yachting that person is there and they're there to stay for a good while so if you don't if you don't have like sort of good support structures on board so you you almost find like a, a buddy system kind of vibe that you somebody you can confide in and just be comfortable with because I know for myself personally like in December last year I was having an absolutely horrible time on board and I, if I didn't have the support system that I did have on board I would have been in such like a like a really really dark position just because you're working long hours your body's tired you, you're super fatigued all the time and then to add the stresses of now having issues that you I don't know you can't really run away from it it plays with your mind a lot and like you I think that's when you do start to think like fuck I don't know you want to escape in a different kind of way and I guess like a lot of people find comfort in 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 boozing to sort of numb that pain or taking drugs to numb that pain like those are those are common things that come about and yeah I just think there there, there definitely needs to be a lot more done for for mental health within yachting i know there's a big push for it just in terms of managing companies trying to have like a a control but at the same time like when you're working on boats it's it's for individuals that are the top one percent and they can basically do whatever it is that they want to do so you're not you're not always anybody's priority like you really are just like a i guess just another statistic Mm. in, in their eyes kind of vibe so unless you do find an owner who you really relate with or um has like a family orientated vibe on board other than that you really do just become like another number you fairly indispensable people just be like okay cool sorry you're gone so i know there's a big drive for it but it never really is monitored to to the extent that it that it should be yeah it's quite a there's like a heaviness i feel when i think about that if i had to like mentally project myself into someone's shoes who was going through something really challenging and being stuck on a yacht it's like I can't imagine anything more tough you know and I've also heard of people struggling with I mean I think eating is a big thing because you're so exposed to so many incredible foods and all this stuff Mm. like you can also find escape in food yeah so basically you're saying that a coping mechanism or a way that you kind of got through those challenges was you mentioned a buddy system so making sure that you have some kind of like relationship or good connection yeah just because i think like it's always nice just at the end of the day to have like a debrief with somebody be like hey how's your day like so important tell me about like literally just be open and honest with me tell me about how it was if there was something wrong is there something i did um and just like be open that you can like fully be open and, and transparent with I think everybody needs that kind of relationship with somebody on board. Otherwise, you just find yourself like gathering these thoughts in your own mind all the time. And I know, like for me, during that time in December, I was working working nights, 
so basically what that means is i would wake up at so recently the, my schedule would be i'd wake up at 12 o'clock at night and work until one o'clock the next afternoon wow that's wonky yeah so then my body's now having to adjust mm. to those hours and then for let's say from 12 till 8 basically i'm by myself so like if i've got if i've got like shit going on that's really upsetting me or something like that then i've got eight hours by myself just like with that going through my mind all the, all the time it's super 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 unhealthy yeah um and unless you do sort of have that person to to be able to speak that through with afterwards it's it could be like really really horrible and really dark and deep mm. yeah yeah a lot of like ruminating and just i guess so incredible how the human mind works hey it's like we, we are sometimes our own worst enemies and it's yeah entirely mm. entirely like i think and i never really realized that until until actually like working by myself or mm. being by myself for that long and literally not actually having anybody to speak to just how the mind wanders just wanders into like the craziest like scenarios things that you never ever would think of in the slightest but like all of a sudden you're by yourself you're like whoa okay is this happening here is is all these thoughts that i've sort of had like i don't know your mind just goes goes wild i wonder if it's related to the fact that you have no other escape as you said so it's like if you had if you had the luxury or the capacity for exercising or finding another kind of release or going for a walk you know some kind of other way of managing your mind that maybe those thoughts wouldn't be so obsessive because if mm. I think about me in a day-to-day life and I've never been on a fucking yacht, yeah. I've never been on a yacht and I have had those thoughts. Does the mind wander anyway. The mind goes and the mind obsesses and it's like vortex, <laughs> downward fucking spiral of vortex into like nothingness and oblivion yeah. and like craziness, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I just, Jesus, I take my hat off to you. And <laughs> I'm glad you made it through December. Yeah, December least. December was dark, but we we on the other side. You mentioned earlier, you said something about working for like the one percent of the population and how you're quite dispendable and that kind of thing. I think the main thing that I'm trying to like highlight or bring into the question is the idea of working for extremely wealthy people and there being this very clear distance or gap like a hierarchy you know kind of like a class system because they're the bosses they have all the money and then here we are working on the boat kind of thing so rather than going down the negative tube (laughs) of the question i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you if there was ever any moment or ever any kind of theme that came up where you would just have that clarity of thought that actually we're all the same you know, like you're working for these people, they're super hectic, they're super wealthy, like I'm here, they're there. But did you ever have those moments where you just like look at someone's life and you think, you know what, we're all the fucking same? Yeah, I think so. Like when you see like uh, your boss or, or or guests or anybody like that coming on with their families and you see sort of how family interactions go on, I think that sort of paints a, a clearer picture just in terms of like, fuck, this is a family just like mine. Like, mm they're arguing all the time or they're having the most amazing times this father is an amazing dad he has like a lot of respect for his sons and then i guess just when you sort of getting like involved with if you have guests on board and you, you you're doing water sports with them and things like that so you actually 
you're not really there isn't that barrier of this is staff helping it's like okay cool we're all doing this together kind of vibe we were chatting about this i actually don't know if we were chatting about this but you were you were saying this thing to me the other night when we were out about beyonce on her luggage and to the left to the left okay (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i don't know if this is true or not but i just want to ask you okay we're obviously dealing with luxurious clientele and first of all help me understand the beyonce story is it true um no, the Beyonce story. Oh, is back. <laughs> oh my god! See, <laughs> uh, I don't even know how that how that came about. <laughs> That's ridiculous. You told me that you guys are communicating in songs. So Z said that Beyonce came onto the yacht, and and then what did what did he then he said to Beyonce? Okay, uh, she was like, "Wait up on my luggage," and he was like, "To the left, to the left." <laughs> And then, what did you say that she said back to you? I think Jordan said... Oh, Jordan. Because um, I I was apparently looking for a girlfriend. And Beyonce was like, you must not know about oh, me. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> you must not know about me. Okay, so that rumor's that, dispelled. Yeah, that's not true. That's hilarious. False. False. <laughs> False information. Jawling cuck talk. As, as we do. As one does. As we do. So then on the note of, I guess, luxurious clientele, like any experiences, any standout moments? Nothing that's that's really been like extreme or, or anything like that. I think just one of the wildest things is seeing like a, a swingers swingers party. Oh my lord. Yeah. On the on the yacht. On on the bird. Oh my god. Um, okay, describe this to me. Are you are you guys like giving them refreshments while they're having <laughs> an orgy? <laughs> like, that's the thing. Like, lights will lights will go off, and there'll be like a, a do not disturb, so you don't enter. You don't enter that that I'm area. Um, and it's you just. I think when you go up afterwards and you see the mess. Oh no! Nasty. Jesus. Nasty as can be. Have you ever, or has anyone ever snuck up, even when it says do not disturb? Do you think that you would get caught? No, I think they'd probably be so deep in it. <laughs> <laughs> you could probably get a good look in there. But I don't think you'd want to, like the the, 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 the people that were involved. Yeah, I don't think you'd want to. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a visual I'm you just, need. Yeah, I'm just trying to think about it. It's like, uh, no. 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 Oh, I wanted to ask you this question. Sorry, our conversations kind of meandered around quite freely. But earlier when I was asking you about what you were nervous about and you were discussing how the main concern or the main thing that you were conscious of is how you would be perceived or how you'd be portrayed. And I guess my question for you now is, did you feel like you ever have been misrepresented on the show? Like, because I know in reality shows, sometimes they can cut mm. and edit and they piece it together. So it looks like Z said something when you actually like, fuck off. I was talking about my toasted cheese when I was like, that sucks, <laughs> you know? So... I feel like generally things have been fairly fairly accurate. Although at times, like I remember watching, um, watching in the second season, watching and then, like some of the some of the stuff that was coming up was used from the previous season. Mm. So I was like, "Fuck, that doesn't that doesn't make sense." But it wasn't anything that was like, like bad or sort of made me seem like a like an asshole or anything like that. I think it was just maybe what I'd said then just made the situation seem a little bit different if that okay. makes sense 
chill. There's never really been a stage where I've been like, fuck, they're really throwing me under the bus here, kind yeah, of thing. They fucked me. Yeah. You, have you heard of that happening to anyone else on the season, on the series? I don't know. I hear people complain about it, but I'm like, dude, it's it's fairly difficult to make you seem like an asshole. Like if you if you're not being an asshole. Yeah, if you're an asshole, you are going to be an asshole. Like it's tough to change that. Yeah, like, that's always going to be <laughs> there because like things you say like obviously can get cuts and and things like that but like your behavior is very constant so that's very true it's it it really is tough like i remember the one the one uh one of the girls from from our season she like she complained often saying the producers were so like completely made her seem like a bitch and made her like completely out of character i was like no fucking way like, they gave you a good edit. Like, you're ten times worse oh my than, God. What, than what actually came across. Like, she, was, she would say the most, like, vile and rude, rude things. And for, like, her to be complaining afterwards that she got a bad edit, I was like, what like what world do you live in That's that you think that, that you got a bad edit? Like, it's, it's impossible. Like, your behavior really was appalling. That's super interesting to me, like, thinking about that. Because it makes me wonder if... The people who say that, as you've said, okay, coming from someone who has first-hand experience in the reality show scene and having had himself recorded and edited and like put out there, it must be quite confronting. And maybe it's difficult for the people who are like that, you know, like yeah, to fucking be faced with the reality of how they really are. That's the thing. Yeah, I think that that probably plays a big part of it. It's like they've never really, I guess, had judgment as to like how they behave like their friends have obviously just been like okay i guess this is you now that's we accept you for yeah, like you just are. avoid or like drop it and leave it yeah. alone like we're not actually going to confront the situation with like that person being a bad person but, but like but we're no. also not going to like record it and sit around the table and rewatch it yeah you know like exactly. everything you do is like oh fuck i can actually see my behavior on a television it's a pretty crazy experience yeah no definitely not let you put it like that <laughs> yeah um so i think yeah these people don't necessarily know that they may or may not have a bit of a problem. Not necessarily that they do, but like they, they've never really been held accountable for, for their actions before. And now it's actually coming to light and they have to be held accountable. So it's just like, fuck, okay. They didn't see themselves like that. There's no escape. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder. I'm just thinking about if I was on a reality show. <laughs> I feel like, I don't I know how. I think you'd be good on a reality show. Do you think I'd be a good character? Yeah, I think you'd be a good character. You think so? Definitely. Because I feel like I can be really hectic. So I'm wondering now if I would be the person complaining about the director's edit, being like, <laughs> he made me look like a bitch. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's like, girl, you are a bitch sometimes. <laughs> no, I think like, because you're very honest. Yeah. You're very honest. I don't think you'd be like, you'd be like getting around the bush bullshitting to people. It'd be honest and i'm sure like if you were calling somebody out there'd be a reason for it you wouldn't just like go out of your way to be like okay fuck you that's true yeah i think i think you'd do well thanks e. <laughs> thank you because i'm like having projections into the future imagining imagining <laughs> another scenario entirely outside of yachting or maybe enmeshed in it what is the life plan do we have one no pressure saying that we need a life plan. Mm -hmm. I just feel as though the general trend is that, especially with yachties, because you have the you have access to a lot of money and you have free time, as you've said, in your rotation. Not always, but yeah. you can make a lot of money. You can save a lot of money because you're not paying for rent, blah, 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 blah. And generally speaking, 
there is a plan people are often like oh i'm doing yachting for a few years because i'm going to buy a house or i'm going to build a company whatever it is again no pressure just now you're like <laughs> there's no plan um, my plan is to get lit no i'm kidding um what yeah what is the plan is there a plan do you have a vision um yeah i think like like i said there's there's that you always in the back of your mind have that i'm almost 30 mm. um so there's a plan in terms of like yeah i want to keep building on my career do some more courses i've recently just done my art masters then now when i head back home for summer i'm going to be doing some more courses just because it's quite a like a long uh it's a long process in order to get to, to the next step after like if you once you become a bosun and after that you've got to do a lot more courses to become a, a, a chief officer or something like that so i'm going to start that journey that should probably take about two to three years and then yeah i think see from there because that in an ideal world i think i'd love to be on like a, a two two rotation mm. so that i still could have that like normality of of setting up a home and having a family because i feel like that's i don't know that makes sense to me to have six months of the year where you are fully committed to your family if that makes sense so when you say two two you mean it's not two months two months two months two months you're saying six months six months no no so you'll, you'll do two months on okay, and then yeah. two months off Okay. Um, but I feel like that for those two months that you are off, like you, you obviously have absolutely no other responsibilities, so you can just dedicate your time fully to your your partner, or if you've started a family, to your family. And I feel like that is also something that you wouldn't necessarily get in a normal sort of nine to five. Obviously, you're at home, but like nine to five, you go home, you're still probably doing more work. Weekends, you're probably still picking up a little work. I think. You only really have that that time when you sort of take your leave. If That's that. true. So to have six months where you literally are fully dedicated to, to your family, I don't think is very common. Um, so I think that's that's where I'd sort of like to be, in a, in a position where I can get, get a nice rotation and, and sort of start a, a, little, a little family. Do you feel as though you make enough time for you? And I know that's maybe a loaded question, the reason I ask that is because I have a friend who's a yachty and she has, I think at this point, you know, when you get like given the dream job, she's got yeah. one of those, she's got a banging job and she's on a 2-2 rotation. Yeah. And while it seems as though that's palatable and I guess maybe in comparison to your past experience, like if you've gone through fucking the gates of hell, then 2-2 might be a dream. But I think for her, she's recently married she doesn't have any children or anything like that but building a house and building a home and i think she's finding a, a bit of a challenge to go from two months focused on the yachts mm. to back home with my partner now now i haven't seen you kz you and i are married i'm working for two months or you're yeah. working for two months you come home now two months i want your attention if we have yeah, kids yeah. it's like how do we find a way through this because at some point, you, you just have to say to the entire world, I'm coming back for these two months, but of these two months, I'm spending a week at least in solitude or I'm going on a trip yeah. just for me, you know? Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, you do. You do have to make the time for yourself. And like that, I think what I realized with my brother, because um, he's been on a tutu now for quite some time. And when he does come home, he literally will say, hey guys, I'm back at home, but... You can contact me after this date and this is when i'll start seeing people 
and that's fine too yeah i feel like people should respect that um and i didn't necessarily like understand that at first but i think once i've actually been in the industry I'd, i realized like how intense everything is on a person because um, i remember like my parents used to be like oh he's back at home but like he doesn't want to see anybody and i'm just like i thought that was a little bit shit like you're at home your family wants to see you surely you, like you should be wanting to see everybody mm. um but i've really come to realize like you do completely need you do need that time to yourself and i think people should like well people do respect it eventually no people absolutely respect it i think maybe they might not understand it yeah you know that's, that's the thing because i think like especially once you get into a position of 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 authority on a boat like as a captain you're dealing with the management company you're dealing with the owners you're dealing with all of the crew admin you're dealing with there's a lot of responsibility that's on your plate like on a day-to-day i i feel especially like if you're working on a bigger boat like you've been dealing with fuck like 40 people crying to you about something that's happened to them during that day and then you're getting the owner saying but i want to go here there 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 changing their mind 40 times a day like it really does take a toll on on you on you mentally so i think when you do get that time like it's 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 difficult for people to understand like what actually goes into the operations on on the day-to-day of a boat like even like i remember um our boss at times would be like so when i'm not on board what are you guys getting up to it's like there's a lot of maintenance. There's a lot of things that we have to do on a day-to-day basis. Like as an owner, surely you would understand that. It's like I don't. He's like I don't understand why you guys are tired, like, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like we just work. We're new here, and when you're off, we just chill. Just like blom and drinkers, yeah, fucking verb and exactly. crack some oysters <laughs> open. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think it's quite a it's quite a difficult thing for for people to understand. Um, so it does just look. Yachting does just look glamorous. It just looks like you having a fun time. But I think that's obviously like social media and Instagram. That's what people show. But it, it is a lot more a lot more draining and a lot more like mentally draining than, than what you think. Yeah. On that note, one of my questions was what advice do you have for any anyone who's considering a career in yachting? or considering being a yachty, what advice would you have for them knowing what you know now? I think advice is like just just be mentally prepared for, for what you're about to get yourself into. It really isn't as, as glamorous as, as it seems. Of course it is glamorous. Like you go to, you get to see amazing places, experience d- amazing cultures, different cultures, and meet epic people. But I think just be um, just be mentally prepared for what you're getting into yourself into really long hours um little sleep and just being super super confined in uncomfortable situations um but it is it really is worth it but just i think don't go in with with the the mindset of this is just going to be like fun and and traveling the world um because it, it there's a lot more to it than that mm. Do you feel like you would go on any other reality shows now that you've been on Below Deck? Mm, yeah, I actually I got asked about one the other day. Really? Yeah. I don't know if I can. No, I don't. I don't, I don't think you can. 
Yeah. I don't I, know if you can or you can't, but I'm assuming usually with these things, you can't really. Yeah, until it sort of happens. And I was like, yes. I mean, I, I entertained it, um, had the call, and then I thought about it afterwards because it, it just seemed like a little bit more like, I guess, trash. <laughs> trash. Trash. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so I was like, fuck, okay, I don't know. But at the same time, I was like, fuck, d- don't say no. Like, if it, if it happens, let it happen kind of vibe. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think it'd just. I'd be, kind of not picky, but like, I would have a big think before I did something else. Yeah. Yeah. When you say something else, you mean outside of yachting, or outside of below deck. I think outside, yo, just like outside of below decks. I feel like mm. I don't know a lot of other shows like. You get I don't know the the mix of people or. If it's a competition, then people are quite spiteful to each other, and it's like a lot of backstabbing and things like that. And I'm not necessarily, not necessarily into that. Mm. So I just thought I'd have a big thing before before I got into it because I think on most of these these shows, you never really know who's going to be there. It's always a surprise. So yeah, I think I just like have a big thing before. It's like maybe getting like doing research as to what the show sort of portrays, mm. and then take it from there. Z. This has been real. Before we wrap it up, though, I like to, or I've started liking to, yeah. ask people that come on the show to tell us some life advice and then also what they're most grateful for. So I'm going to start with the gratitude aspect. What would you say you're most grateful for? I think I'm most grateful for, for my friends and family. I don't know that's so cliche to say. But it, 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 it really is, I think, going through going through a troubled, sort of troubled upbringing just made me realize, like, how, how much friends and family actually mean to, to, to me. And just the thoughts of, like, loss of friends or loss of, of family, like, absolutely breaks my heart. So those are things that I hold seriously, seriously close to me. Yeah, definitely, definitely friends and family are the things that, are, that I cherish most. Life advice... Send it. Send it. <laughs> <laughs> no, live in the fast lane. Take every moment as it comes and don't shy away from, from opportunities. Grab them with both hands. Cliche again, but really just every day as, as it is. I hope maybe you'll consider coming back on the show. Of course. One this day. Is, this has been lovely. Yeah. This has been absolutely lovely. Thank um, you for having me. It's an absolute <laughs> pleasure. I'm so happy that... I managed to convince you to come on <laughs> and that yeah it's just been so lovely Z. thank you so much that's it guys thank you for listening everyone I hope you enjoyed this episode new episodes are out every Wednesday if you did enjoy this episode and are enjoying my podcast please will you follow me on Spotify please will you also rate my podcast if you enjoyed it rate the podcast there you go Z Z uh, uh, what, what, what is the word for that not advocates. Advocates? Advocates! <laughs> yes, the advocate. Sorry, the advocate. I said abdicates. Anyway, it's been a long time. We've, ha- we've been drawing in Lisbon, needless yeah, to say. Been, it's been a time. Um, yeah, thanks so much, guys. Bye.